Hey, welcome to the Minivan Man. We've got a great episode lined up. We've got a special guest, Joey Diaz, great storyteller. This is part one of his episodes. We're going to have a second part as well. This part, he's going to tell us about his trials and tribulations of having his first child, going through a divorce. Warning, this episode is dirty. Language is a little dirty, but tune in, enjoy it. Minivan Man starting now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Minivan Men. I'm Maz Jobrani back in town. Uh, we got Al Madrigal on the East Coast. I think we do we even need to say that anymore because that's kind of where you live now, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's East, been mainstay. East, and um, our East, guest, this is, uh, this is great. We're starting to get marquee talent in this place. It's uh, awesome. This is uh, Joey Diaz. Joey Coco Diaz in the house. What's up, guys? So, New York, uh, coast to coast, Maz Jabrani. Yeah, so Joe Diaz, for those of you who don't know him, uh, you can, first of all, he's uh, on Twitter, at Mad Flavor. Uh, he throws... He drops. He's Joe Diaz. I got to tell you real quickly. I met Joey years ago at the Comedy Store, and Joe Diaz is one of the best storytellers in the world. Like he just holds court, and you just hang out and listen to his stories. And Joe was uh, where you you grew up in 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 New York, right? Jersey, Jersey, so Bergen, New Jersey, right over the fucking bridge. Oh, and that's another thing I want to tell you right now. The mini minivan men normally we don't cuss, but Joey Diaz, you can't say don't cuss That's because no, you guys have no with, choice. With Joe is. Diaz, no, 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 we're not doing it. This we're taking that off. We, me and Moss talked about it before. It's like I don't want to, you know, I wouldn't have you change a thing. Yeah. So, so Joe yeah. Diaz is. A, I'll, I'll just tell you a quick story about Joey Diaz. Those of you who don't know Joe Diaz, find him, find him at a comedy club, go watch him. I remember years ago watching Joe kill on stage, and Joe is uh, the type of comedian who. He's got material, but he he goes with it on stage. And I remember one time, because he'd get up there and just some of the phrases, you're going to hear some of this stuff as you tell stories today. Some of the phrases he comes up with, I don't know, he's like a poet. He's like a dirty poet who just puts these words together. And I remember one time I said, Joe, you got so much great material. Like, why is it you sometimes go off course? And he goes, I'll tell you, Maz, 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 uh, Maz I'll tell you, I was... A lot of times I'm driving the club, you know, and you got your ideas. You got your set in mind. You know how it is. So you get up there and you start calling audibles, which is the reference to a quarterback calling audibles. And it was a beautiful uh, explanation of why he leaves the material and goes where he goes. And Joey Diaz uh, is they're expecting. You got a, your wife is pregnant. Yeah, that's one of but the problems. Also, not, only, uh, not only a great comic, but a great actor. You've seen him in a lot of movies. You're in uh, the new Batman no, that's the rumor going around. Everybody kept emailing me. And then once the movie came out, I got no more emails on it. That's hilarious. Something that's hilarious. happened on IMDb. They credited me wrong or something. That's not. Let's hey. see if they send me a residual check. That's when we're, you know for sure. That, be, were you were in the first one? No. What happened was the first one had to promote the movie. They did a six-week uh, show on DirecTV, like uh, Mark Cuban's channel, whatever that is. Yeah. And I did the series. I played the restaurant manager where Bruce Wayne came in. Okay. That's it. You guys know Joe Diaz from, he was in The Longest Yard, right? The, the remake. The remake. With Adam Sandler. He played, uh, like, you were, you were the lineman who, like. The big fat guy. Big fat guy with the belly hanging out. Hell yeah. Uh, he was also in um, Analyze That, that the right? second. Second movie. In the very beginning, uh, Anthony LaPaglia plays, like, this mobster that's shooting a movie. And right. Joey Diaz is the guy that LaPaglia takes out, right? right. Yeah, right. he's just been in a ridiculous amount of TV shows. I remember when we saw each other when I first moved to Los Angeles. I had my little tiny son, 
and we were at CBS Radford, and I think my son was like two, and my son, you know, is like he's always been, and still to this day, pretty shy. Like he's not, he's a very cautious little kid. And Joey's sitting outside. Do you remember this? At, at yeah, and yeah, it's coming back to me. Yeah, he goes, come here, come to Uncle Joey. And my son practically jumped up on him. He's sitting on this bench, and it was like, he loved him right away. And it was just like, so, um, it, you know, and that, he was working on a TV show there. But, I mean. You were shooting go, the, with a guy for Friends. Friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the pilot was, uh, for, uh, he was directing. David Schwimmer David was directing. David uh, Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Was 2000, 2004. What was that? Anyway, was, that the, just, was that the Ortegas? No, nah, no. Nah, this is a show that I did after that that was a pilot that never went. I think at this point I've done um, way more. You know, like the, the, all the pilots um, sort of blend together, and this one didn't have a chance from the very beginning. Like everybody knew, I think. Like, sometimes when you make stuff, people are hopeful, and you start drinking the Kool-Aid, and you're like, oh, this can go. we got good people here. And this one was one of those ones we knew, like, there's no chance in hell that this thing gets picked up. This is horrible. It's funny. I've, so, I, I've had, like, I don't know you guys, uh, and, like, I, I know it's a kiss of death. There's always, like, one veteran, this guy. Like, I have, I've, I've, a couple times I've been on shows that got canceled, and it's the, the veteran who's, like, he's been, like, a, a grip, or he's done some technical work on TV shows forever. He'll come over to the side and be like, Maz, I have a feeling about this one, man. I got a f-. I'm like, ah, shit. We're lost. We're yeah. done. <laughs> you know, whatever the guy who's like the expert, like he's been around forever. Like, why can't you figure it out? Is you he- ever been on a, a pilot and you hope they don't pick it up? Because it's so fucking bad. Like, you're like, I hope this doesn't get picked up. I think I have. Yes, we yeah. all have. Yeah. They're scary. Yeah. Like, you're excited for like a week. Yeah. And after you shoot it, you're like, oh, there's going to be fucking problems. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what uh, Zach Galifianakis was on that show, True Calling, where he played, like, he was a uh, mortician or something. He worked in the morgue, and she was able to talk to dead people or something like that. And um, I remember seeing it. He was, like, praying. That got picked up, and he did, you know, they did, like, 20 episodes, and he was just praying it got canceled because it was just so fucking horrible. Like it was such a piece of shit that he couldn't wait for it to go away. There goes Al's and, train uh, right there. That's the train. You hear the that's train? That's the train? Yeah. Oh, yeah, my I got God. The, uh, I think it's the R. It's something going right over my head. Yeah, it's funny because people who listen to this show, a lot of them parents, and some of them are, you know, the kids stuff, into the kids stuff, but they, like, you know, they might be thinking, why would you want, why would you want a show to get canceled? But it's kind of like the golden, was it called golden handcuffs? Is that what it is? Right, right, right. Where right. you're getting, you, you could get paid, but if you're sitting there every week thinking you're selling your soul or like, Reading one of the worst things is you guys have all been in these rooms. It's funny because people, I think, a lot of times on these shows live in fear. So you go to a table read and it's like really unfunny, but there's people laughing their heads off. They get paid for that. Those the, people. They yeah. tell them in meetings you got to laugh at the talent. And if this the writer, the writers of the sh- of the thing, the guy who wrote the episode is cracking up, and like there's always like a casting director who's cr- you're like, are these people like high? It's so, so anyway. embarrassing. It is. Uh, they just want and somebody to be laughing. It's pretty sad. So, and Joey, what do you guys, I mean, other than the podcast that you do with Felicia, um, what, um, you, you really, ha- you're having a baby? Yeah, at 50, Al Magico. Wow. 50. Can you believe that? 50, 49. And, and the real deal about it is that it's a second chance baby, Al. Because I have a 22-year-old daughter. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we wanted to talk to you about. That I stopped talking to about eight years ago. We're still at fucking war with the mother. 
Wow. In fact, I just sent another two grand to an attorney to open up my passport, to get my passport back. I mean, uh, it's very sad when uh, one of the, uh, you know, you have debts in the family and you have other things that go on as you get older. A divorce is one of the worst things ever to get involved in, and yeah. especially when there's a child. Forget the wife. Who gives a fuck about her or the husband? It's the child who suffers. And it was well, weird that I was very, for years, I was really upset about this. And then one day I said, what can you do? You know, it's just so. What happened? I mean, do you mind talking about this? No, what, what happened, happened that, was, Al, no. uh, in, a, in, a, in a fucking nutshell, we were 20 something. You know, she got pregnant. I had just come out of prison. She got pregnant. We were together six or seven years. And uh, um, you got pregnant. And you're like, you know what? Maybe I don't love this bitch. But once the kid gets spit out, every, all the pieces fall where they may. All right. And Al, I just wasn't ready. I was still a full time fucking criminal. You know, and I loved the baby, and the baby was born, but she got on my fucking last nerve, and then guess what happened? I got into comedy. And I'll never forget walking off that stage, seeing her face. She knew right there. You mean, the, you mean the, your, my ex your wife? My yeah, ex-wife yeah. knew when I got on off stage that I had found something. And about three months later, she agreed, let's move out. You know, we're not getting along anyway, and it sounded good on paper. And about a year after that was when the drama started. This I thought the, you were going to say when you walked off stage that she was so happy for you because... She, no, I could tell. Well, she was kind of happy because I had found my calling in a way. She could see it, but uh, I, I knew right there that the marriage was over. And this was where? This was in Seattle? This is in Boulder, Colorado, June of 91. We finally separated in, in October 91. Everything was hunky-dory, and it started like in around May. And then what, is, what, what, what turned bad? Like, what did she say? She moved into a guy's house with the kid and wouldn't give me the kid for weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. And one thing led to another, and, and, and there was no cops involved, nothing like that, you know. Uh, you know, there was attorneys involved. Now you involved. got some guy around your kid. Right. That's got to be the worst And like part I tell it. people all the time, you don't know nothing until you smell your child, and he's got the smell of another man's cologne on him or another woman's cologne. Oh. You have no idea what life is, guys. And yeah. once you smell that, it also, when you come up, it also explains all the shit you see on Discovery when you see lions protecting their children and yeah, tearing yeah. them up. You really see that. You understand that inside. So now your mind goes somewhere else. And then he started calling me a speck out. Who, the, 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 the guys, the, the boyfriend. Oh, and Jesus. I had two felonies in Colorado. And Joey's Cuban. So I'm Cuban. So one more felony, I would have gone for 20 years. So I had to keep my hands in my pocket. And they thought they were cute. So I pick up and move to New York. And I think that to give it air, you know, yeah. I'm not stupid. I know how to give a relationship air. I send child support. I send presents. They get the money, but they never get the, the presents. They never get the books. I go to New York for nine months. I come back every other month. Finally, in like 94, I said, you know what? I'm going back to Colorado to be a dad. But they had other plans. You know, when I moved back to Colorado, when the drama started. And I'll tell you what, Al, uh, I've been in some fucked up situations. Till this day, when they get up in the morning, they both better look up and pray and be happy that they both woke up. Because that's where it took my mind. Like, I was content on writing jokes for Jay Leno. The big thing was to fax Jay Leno jokes in those days. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. In 97. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was prepared. Like, I was prepared. I, I figured once I went to prison, my friends would chip in. <laughs> and uh, get me a fax machine. You know, that's the least they could do for me. And I would write jokes. And one day I looked, I took him to court for something, and I won. And right there, the baby was like five, and I said, so she won, I won. 
Now what's going to happen? You know? Yeah. They got a house, a kid. They got dogs. They got a family. I was living in the Rocky apartment in Boulder. I was using a bench for a dinner table. Yeah. I had a TV and a bed, and I was doing comedy, and I... And I just had these feelings, and one day I said, you know what, what do I do as a parent? I mean, I still smoke dope. I'm getting my dick sucked at an open mic. You know, I'm doing all these things that yeah. you can't be a parent and do, Al. Yeah, You know, sure. you just cannot. And I had an opportunity to move to Seattle, and it was like, uh, I said, fuck it, I'll run this, because I'm not doing the kid no favors. All we're doing is fighting. That's what I kept seeing. I kept seeing my house when I was growing up. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a Cuban house where... For breakfast, they're throwing orange juice at each other and shit, and, you know, cursing each other out. I didn't want to. I didn't want nobody to grow up in that. Yeah. You know, it's thank God I was people. an only child and I knew how to handle it. You know, she was a blonde little girl with curls in the hair. She didn't uh, deserve that. Yeah. And you know what? Everything was great. Uh, I, I did a great job as a dad till. And yeah. she has a positive attitude towards you. They weren't distorting. No, they were not positive against me. No, 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 Al. They were not positive against me. You mean Things they were- went down. And then finally, I had to smack the fucking dude. Oh wow! I knocked the fuck out of him. Outside. So they were they were negative. They they they, they, oh, were, yeah. feeding her, they were feeding they her poison. They knew that I had two felonies, and they thought they had the grip on me. Oh wow! But when I made up my mind, that I didn't give a fuck anymore. And then my little daughter was four, and she came to me. And she goes, every time you call the house, he says the spit called. Way before that, they oh. sent he sent three guys to jump me one day, and they broke my rib and they hit my dog. But I got one guy really fucking good. Jesus. I mean, I fucked this motherfucker up. And this is why. It was going into deep waters, Al, and they weren't used to these deep waters. They sent the eight, They sent the C team to my house. They sent three guys one night when I was watching football with my dog, and I grabbed one of the guys. Yeah, they broke my rib, but that guy, I guarantee, he can't smell a fart today. What, what motivated that? <laughs> why, did, why is he sending guys over to your house? Uh, you know what, man? I remember, Al, this is, it's, uh, it's hard to it's talk long, to a man about this. Yeah. I took her to see Beauty and the Beast one Sunday. The girl. This is my daughter. Your daughter. You know, her and the neighbor's kids. You know, yeah. I'm one of those guys. Give me yeah. the fucking kids. Yeah, yeah. I'll take them all. When I yeah. went to drop my daughter off, the fucking guy takes me outside and he goes, hey, next time you take your daughter to a movie, check with us. Like, he's talking for my wife. Yeah. And right there, Alan hit me. I'm like, what? Am I fucking a pussy? Am I fucking, because of two felonies, I'm taking shit off this guy. And I said, do me a favor. And I just spit right in his fucking face. And I said, don't you ever talk to me about my, my, my child again. Get in the fucking car. If she wants to talk to me, let her say something about yeah. my child. Don't even get confused. Yeah. So then I didn't see him for like four weeks. And was he a white guy or some white guy? dude from Idaho? Okay. That was confused. And oh, then one shit. night he sent the C team to my house. He sent the guy in a car and two with a two by four. <laughs> and the guy in the car left him and the other guy took off. And I got the one guy and I called the cop. At the time I was on parole. And I called the cop and I said, These guys did this. They jumped me. I go, What do you want to do? And the cops were like, Fuck it. Let's kill him. Because we had this mother. This motherfucker was already mangled. This is Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> I had people around me that were like-minded like me. I had a lot of Republicans around me, a lot of fucking waspy fucks. But beside that, I had some real fucking animals around me, and this guy was one of them. So he goes, no, nah, let's get some rap and put him in the trunk and just throw him out in the emergency room. <laughs> I never heard from this motherfucker again, but I waited. The next day I had a visitation, and I could see when they pulled up, they were surprised to see me, like, and I took the kid. I didn't say nothing. I, I waved at him like it was family affair. And then when, I, when they picked the kid up at 7 was when I dropped the bomb on him. I go, hey, you, you sent the C-team last night. And I go, look, he left his license on the floor. He's oh, from wow. Idaho and you're from Idaho. And he lost all the color in his face. I was like, now it's on. 
Wow. Now we're going to deep, now we're going to deep waters. You're a white dude from Idaho. She's a white chick from Boulder. I'm a Cuban motherfucker from Jersey. Now you want to take it <laughs> into deep waters, I motherfucker? And I dropped like 60, 70,000 in attorneys out. Ow, this is my life savings. I'm 28 years old. My mom died when I was 14. You know, I could see if you're selling coke and you're paying out an attorney. But when you're getting up every morning and selling cars and dealing with a bunch of fucking momos and you got to pay an attorney 50 grand, that's a lot of money to see your kid, you know? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. And it just escalated out. It just kept getting worse and worse. And then the lucky thing I did out was when I, and, and Maz Jabrani's going to shit his pants. The lucky thing I did out was when I got out of prison, from the minute I got sent into prison for four years, I wrote the judge a letter every month. Oh, wow. Every month I drove, till to this day. Now I write him it's every like, six like months. Shawshank hey, Judge Bellapani. Yeah, I wrote him a letter every month. That's Thank you for sending me to prison. I was fucked up. Thank you. Um, I'm going to AA meetings in here. I'm jerking off. I would just tell him whatever was going on. I'm taking a class in fucking pottery. Did he ever write you back? He would write me back. So what happened was the attorney in this fucking uh, divorce trial of mine got sick. So this judge had to sit in one day, and it was the day after I smacked him for calling me a spick. I picked up my little daughter, and I, this is 1995. I pick up my daughter, and she's like, Daddy, what's a spick mean? And I go, where'd you uh, hear that? And he goes, I heard it from John. Uh, I didn't say nothing. I went down there like a man. It was at Safeway. For some reason, God made them meet me at a Safeway. They could, he had to pick him up close to his job. Usually we met somewhere else in Boulder, like by a mall. But today what did we had he do? a meeting. What was he? I just saying, what was this guy's job? Was, he was a, I mean, a computer engineer or something. Yeah. But he had a little bit of money. He thought he was cute. Yeah. So I was involved. When I got to Boulder, I became friends with these Vietnam vets. And these motherfuckers were crazy motherfuckers. They had like the Purple Star and the Congress. And the guy's name was Ed. And he was my friend. And I remember in 94, I mean, Al, when you're going through a divorce and they're fucking with your child and you talk to people, somebody will say to you, hey, Joey, how you doing? And you're like, fine, let me tell you what they're doing to me. Because yeah. you have this anger in your fucking heart. But Ed was my friend. So one day Ed's like, Joey, what do you want to do about this? And I go, I don't know. And he goes, you want to fucking kill the dude? And I'm like, Ed, I don't have a gun. He goes, you don't need a gun. This is Colorado. We'll rub some peanut butter on that motherfucker and tie him to a tree. The next day when the bears get him, they'll find an elbow and a tooth. And I'm like, fuck it. Let's kill this motherfucker. Because I was going to kill them both. But then my decision was I had grown up without a mother. I knew what that was. So I was going to kill them both. I mean, ow, this is where they had me. Ow, when somebody plays with your kids, you have no idea. Oh, no. I feel, you have I no idea. It's hands down. This it. fucking nicey nice show you you're doing with the little... family van, it's all over. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're going deep. Yeah, yeah. We're going to Sandusky's basement today. We ain't <laughs> fucking around. So I, uh, he called me a spick one day. and I, and I, I Can I tell you a little quick tangent story on the spick thing? Yeah, I'm sorry. Somebody um, that my mom and dad were dating, they met at work. Uh, somebody, this is downtown, like sort of uh, by the wharf. In San Francisco, they have a place next door called West Winds. It's all industrial. My uncle tells um, my mom, shit disturber, and says, hey, the guy um, uh, next door was calling, uh, uh, you know, my dad, Alice Spick. And uh, my dad is five foot six on a good day. I met him. And, yeah, he's a little tiny yeah, guy. Yeah, the store. And he, yeah, 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 that's right, of course. And he walks, he, he marches over there. And this guy, apparently, is six foot three, jumps up in the air like Mighty Mouse. Apparently, according to my mom, grabs him by the hair, 
drags him into the middle of the street and starts smashing his head against the fucking sidewalk until the guy is unconscious and they people pull him off and he had to be taken away in an ambulance. But I mean, it's the worst fucking thing. You like to, it, I don't know. Yeah, I just it, I can imagine here you are. You know, her, her your, your daughter, your sister's dating that little spick from next door is fucking sent him into the biggest fucking rage. And if anybody said it to me, it would just, I'd go fucking crazy. Well, and, it's not know, my, yeah. my friends say it to me all the time. Yeah, your friends That's say not it. the point. But I'm uh, talking about so in a derogatory fashion guy. like that. Some oh, guy that it was dating. horrible. Oh, you're talking about, and, 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 and my and little girl who's your, four. To your time. little girl. You know, and I'm like, what the fuck? And I asked her where she heard that, and I had to drop her off at 7. And I remember I left her in the car, and I walked up to the guy. And at that time, we were cool. Like, now, this is this is at Safeway? This is at Safeway on 30th and Basin. I go, John, how you doing? I go, John, I got to ask you a question. That's my little girl over there. And he's like, yeah, I know. And I go, I just want to ask you, is it true that when I called the house, you called me a spick? And he's like, no, I never said those words. I go, ow. I go, whatever your fucking name is, John. This is Colorado. They don't even use that word out here. That's an East Coast word. So I'm going to ask you again, did you say that? And he's like, I didn't say it. And he's looking at me, and he's like, I think it's time for me to call the police. I go, don't call the police. Just tell me this like a man. I'm talking to you like a man. We don't need the police here. Wow. If you say the truth, I'm not going to do nothing to you. And he looked at me, and he goes, I didn't say it. And he goes, I'm going to call the police. I go, before you call the police, let me give you something. And I fucking popped him in the eye. I didn't give a fuck about the 30 years. So once I, I got you with the one pop, I might as well pop you a couple times because it really don't sure. matter. <laughs> so I just kept popping him the fucking nose and in the eye. I must have hit him like four fucking times. And it just happened that I volunteered at the AIDS place when I got out of prison. I did painting there. So one of the cops that pulled up was like, Joey, what's going on? So it was my luckiest day. And I told him what happened. The guy called me a spick, so they wrote us a ticket. Wait, a cop happened to come up? Two cops came up to, to answer the call. And, and the you one know cop one knew me. Oh, wow. The one cop's like, Joey, what's going on? I go, this motherfucker called me a spick. So they gave us tickets. Hilarious. And the next day they threw, we went in front of the judge that sentenced me seven years earlier. The guy you've been writing letters to. The guy like, you know everybody. To. I walk into the court, and here he is. And he starts, you know, they start talking shit about me. And all of a sudden, the judge goes, weren't you the same woman who stood in my court and praised him eight years ago? Now you're going to come in here and tell lies about him? Because she was a character witness. So he goes, I'll tell you what. Your, your ex. My ex. So yeah. he goes, the next time you walk, he walks in there with a complaint. He goes, I'm going to hold you up for contempt of court. So I had him. Wow. I had him out. The charges for me smacking him got thrown out of court. Because in the That's city fantastic. of Boulder, outside the city, inside the city limits, you can't use a racial slur. Because in the 80s, they had a football team that was really controversial. And some lady called J.J. Uh, Flanagan or J.J. Bienemy, one of those guys, Eric Bienemy, a nigger, and he smacked yeah. her. And because of that, you can't use a racial slur in the city limits of Boulder. Oh, shit. It, you got one coming to you. Like in Boulder, if you break into somebody's house and they catch it, it's to make my day law. They shoot you. Wow. So you can tell somebody, go, go to my window. There's a, there's a gram of coke. And when they come to your window, you can shoot them in the fucking head. And they just say they were trying to break in. Oh, my God. So that's the story. That's why. And, and I was getting along with my daughter for years after that. Like, I, I spoke to my daughter way into uh, 2004, but that's when they started with the changing the name shit. All right, we're going to take a break and take come break back and here. hear. I want to hear. This, this, is, this, is, uh, this is captivating radio, ladies, or po whatever, <laughs> podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back.
Yo, this is Chris Spencer. I know you guys are listening to us. You're laughing and you're, you're telling everybody about us, but we need you to rate it. So when you go on iTunes, rate us. Go down to where it says comments and say, hey, I think you're groovy. All right, welcome back to the Minivan Men. Uh, I'm Maz Jobrani. We got Al Madrigal out of the East Coast, and we've got a special guest, Joey Coco Diaz at Mad Flavor on Twitter, telling us Beauty story. and the, the Beast podcast with Felicia um, Michaels. Yes. Yeah, Felicia Michaels. Uh, you guys can listen to him on the Joe Rogan podcast. You're all, he's, he's you're a podcast master. I love all this shit. But uh, he um, he was mid story telling us about uh, his his first daughter and how. He got through uh, um, some tough times, and then and then you said you were getting to a point now that where things were going fine, and then what happened? I, I moved to Colorado. Like uh, I, I, that, after that, I beat him in court. Right. That day, and I remember walking out of court and saying to myself, like, I won, but what did I really win? What did I really win? I, I won a five-year-old girl to be around a fucking savage. Right. Because I was a savage. Yeah. You know. And I think we were playing one day. And uh, I had met a girl in Michigan, and she was moving to Seattle. And her and I, me and the daughter, were playing one day. And uh, she had a bicycle, and, and she rode with the bicycle. And I go, don't go back there. And when I ran after her and caught her, she spit at me. Oh, no. And it broke my heart because I, I realized that where did she get that from? Right. She got that from me. Yeah. So I decided right there, I'm like, you know what, man? I got nothing going on in Boulder but comedy. And I'm just causing havoc for this kid. You know, and this is going to end ugly. This is not. Now, gonna... What kind of comedy was in Boulder at that point? At I mean, that are you point, driving to... no. At that point, I'm doing triple runs. Yeah, I'm doing uh, Mondays uh, in Boulder, Tuesdays at the Comedy Works in Denver. There was uh, two clubs at the time in Westminster and something else. I wasn't getting no love from them. I was basically a triple guy, and that's why I really had nothing left in Boulder. I had already gone to college. You know, I could get a job there working for a sports betting service, which I really didn't want to. Yeah. So I just said, you know what, I'll move to Seattle and give this situation some air, and I'll just come back and visit. And it got good for a while, and it would go back and forth, and then it started with the changing the name. They want, she wanted to change her last yeah. name. Yeah, oh, you don't have to pay child support. I'm like, listen, it doesn't matter. I go, my father died when I was three. In reality, I never knew my father, but the poor bastard died of a heart attack. When my mother remarried, I kept my father's name out of respect for him. That's just the way I am. Not because my mother sat me down. My mother said, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. I just felt for my father. At a young age, I felt for my father. So I had talked to her before I left because she said, Daddy's, my mom's going to get married and they want to change my name. And I go, not, nah, you know. And she kept saying, well, you don't have to pay child support. It's not about the fucking child support. Yeah. It's about the fucking name. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's yeah. about the, she's fucking Cuban. Yeah. It's about her name. And they yeah. kept saying, well, the kids tease her. In Louisville, there's a thousand fucking little Mexicans in Louisville. How are they going to yeah. tease her? Yeah. Thousands of little Mexicans. Yeah. Oh, they tease her and all this shit. So this went back and forth, Al, for probably six or seven years of us going back and forth. Every time I went to Boulder to visit the kid, can you go to the car? Mommy wants to talk to Daddy. Aye. And she would start on me with that shit, you know. And then they started using it at me, like a pressure thing. Like I would go to Boulder, I'd fly in, and they go, now, nah, at this time, I'm living off $15 spots at the comedy store and booking commercials. And I'm flying to Denver on my own nickel. There was no comedy club weekend. And I would fly back out, and they'd say to me, oh, she's busy. What the fuck is an 8-year-old girl doing that she can't see her father? 
Wow. Like, is she on entourage? Like, what the fuck is she doing? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. They would pull that shit on me. I'd go for four days. I'd see her for two hours. So they were trying. Every time I go, they try to use it against me. Like, I'm yeah. going to change her name. And I'm like, no. So then finally they sent the, an overnight express or something. Fucking craziness to my house. And I didn't answer it. They figured out a way to send it to my house. If you're hearing sirens in the background, that's just we're in L.A. Yeah, sorry. Triple, uh, fucko's got the train. <laughs> yeah. Maja Brani got the fucking ambulance. Yeah, yeah. keep shooting. going. So you were, so you were. So they sent me a court date to change the baby's name, but I never got the letter till afterward. Right. So I was living in L.A. So they wanted me to fly back to Boulder. They knew what they were doing. Now, do you have to go and sign something? You have for to the... go and answer to the court. Since I didn't answer, it was like I didn't give a fuck. Oh man. So I called my daughter, and I'm like, what happened? And she's telling me that it was mommy's fault, and the mother's telling me it's Jackie's fault. So this is about six years ago. This is about 205. I go, you know what? Listen. How old is she at the time? She's about 15. I go, you know what? Here's the truth of the matter. I'm busting my fucking ass in L.A. I'm paying two rents on two households, you know. I got this. I got student loans. I got this, 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 and this. And now you're busting. Like, I don't have enough. We're going to auditions. Yeah. Fucking with Tommy. Yeah. I don't have enough on my fucking plate. Fucking with agents and managers and getting lied to. You know, I don't have enough. And now my own blood's breaking my ball. So I told her and the mother to both suck my dick. Because what I do is too important. You know, even when I was out, when I was making 800 a month living in my car, I was still sending 635 a month. Like, my daughter didn't miss a fucking beat. Yeah. And the mother came back at me for everything. You know, if, if, to, to, dog, if the mother sees me on My Name is Earl on a rerun, two weeks later, I'll get a fucking... Check, I'll get a bill from 1988 from Discover Card or something. Like, she'll wrap me up. Wow. Like, her whole life is revolved around me getting bills. Like, now I got to take her. I, I didn't get convicted of kidnapping. I got convicted of second-degree burglary, but there was a kidnapping involved. <laughs> so this dumb fuck went to the courts. Well, again, with that thing, I can't. She took my passport. I got a license. What? I got a, Bro, I got booked in... Where's that fucking place where they smell the reefer and everybody's getting their dick sucked? Jamaica? Amsterdam. No, Amsterdam. not with those dirty animals down there. Yeah. I went to Jamaica with those skinny <laughs> chickens. <Fuck> them. <laughs> I got booked in Amsterdam about eight years you ago. Can... Do a TV show in Rotterdam, and then you do the weekend at a club in Amsterdam. I, I, I did that gig. That's a good gig. Yeah. I met the guy, Maurice. I just yeah, met him we weekend. met him at the fucking yeah, at yeah. The comedy store that yeah. came up to me. Yeah. Do you know they pulled me off the plane at Kennedy Airport? Oh, my like God. Like at the airport at Kennedy, as I was getting on the plane for England, was when they told me, you don't have a passport. And I thought it was over child support. So I went back and forth. And they're like, no, you owe like $80 in child support. Something must have happened. So I kept thinking it was because of my sister. Because I, I was born in Cuba. So my sister got stuck in Cuba. And I came here. My sister's 40 fucking nine or something. We haven't talked since 1970. She's stuck in Cuba. Wow. She's, she's down there eating fucking potatoes. She's fucker. <laughs> she should have came with my mother. We told her. Get on the fucking plane, cocksucker. No, I want to stay with grandma. 40 years later, you're over there weighing 100 pounds looking like an x-ray. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's the truth. You know I mean? It's the fucking truth. Yeah. So uh, ever since that name changed with they took my passport and all that shit, now I'm trying to get my passport back. I finally found out it wasn't over child support because they go, no, they would have taken your license too. They never took my driver's license. I got, I got like 10 driver's licenses. She added the kidnapping uh, suspicion or whatever it was to that other charge. Right. Well, I was with her when I got convicted, but I didn't get convicted of the kidnapping. It was a, it was a drug rip. I got convicted of second-degree burglary. You know me. I paid a Jew to get me off. You follow? <laughs> so I don't fuck around either. I got those real Jews with the yarmulkes with the diamonds in the yarmulkes. They don't fuck around. <laughs> Look at Mozzie smiling. I love so, it. 
I got the I got convicted of second degree burglary, accessory to a felony. When I moved out here, she did some paperwork, and she took me to court. But I was moving out here, so she sent it to my old address in Boulder. So I never got the paperwork. I just never showed up for court. I never even knew about the fucking date. I never knew they took my passport. I never knew. I showed up to do a gig, and they took it from me in Kennedy Airport. They pulled me over and go, your passport's been fucking yanked. The, the passport got yanked because she got kidnapping under your old She charge? said that I might kidnap the baby out of the country. Oh, I see. I got no time. I'm in L.A. fucking doing spots at the store. You think I got a kidnapping plot in my fucking oh, head? My That's God. the last thing I want to do. Like I want to kidnap a fucking kid and change diapers and shit in England. But something. meanwhile, they see everything's going well with your comedy career. I mean, they right. see you on these they commercials. See they see you on she these She sees TV everything, shows. And, it's, and it fumes her. You know why it fumes her? Because when I left in 85 or 95, I was supposed to die. She figured this motherfucker's going to go and do coke and nothing's ever going to happen. See, right now, their plan backfired. Their plan backfired. I didn't know this till two years ago. I was living with this pain in my heart and I'm a bad father and shit. I'm like, wait a second. This is what these dumb motherfuckers did because what their main goal was out was to push me out of the circle. Wow. But they thought Papa would disappear. I'd become a junkie and move to New York and get busted for heroin and they wouldn't hear from me again. Here I am, front and center. So every day I get, so for years I wanted to kill them. Like there's times I have a bad day. You know, like sometimes you have a bad day and I'm like, I should get in the car now and just go kill that dirty bitch. But... What would I accomplish by killing the motherfucker, her and the guy? I get nothing. Yeah. I get nothing. Yeah. You just go to jail. Yeah. I do better. I fuck life. them up more by doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. Every time I sell a CD, every time I got a weekend, every time, anything. Because with, with, with a little bit of luck, they see it. They see it. And yeah. that's what, you know what I'm saying? What does she do? Uh, does she have a job? Is she kind of like, sounds like she's waiting on I you. Think she cuts hair. No, no, no. They don't, I don't even have any conversation with nobody. Wow. Like I said to you, dog, when you have to call somebody and it takes you a half hour to call that person and it takes you a half hour to come down off that conversation, that's not a healthy call. Yeah. With everything that's going on in your life. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're at the store struggling, I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about remember when you were struggling? Yeah. When there was one month when you didn't know where the rent was coming or you were fucking struggling. Now on top of all this, I got these two fucking wenches busting my ball. But the daughter was great. My daughter was always a very sweet girl. She was the, the sweetness in my life. But it got to the point where every time I called, I knew it was going to get drama. It's yeah. like having sleep apnea. Why am I going to lay down? I'm just going to choke the fucking death. I might as well stay up and keep doing blow. Yeah. Why, why am I going to go to bed? I'm just going to get choked. You know. And how old is she now? She's 22. She's 22. Did she go to college? She or was goes she to college. Her? She's in college in Montana. But you guys haven't talked in? Since 2006. Since 2004. Six, yeah, two thousand six. Two thousand six, and is there any part of you that sits there and goes, "Because now she's an adult, she, you, you, you can deal with her without having to deal with your ex." Now, has any part of you thought, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to reach out." I reached out about three years ago, twice, and that's it. You, you called or sent called, letters? wrote a letter. I sent birthday cards. I sent check and a fucking and nothing, card. nothing, no response. Nah, they cast the checks though, so shit. But they don't uh, respond. So I who's, did my do you, end, guys. Do you get to see yeah. who signs it, who endorses it? I don't know why. To see, it's like, got to be the mother. That Listen, man. Uh, I'm a very trustworthy guy. If I say to you, Miles, let's do a podcast. Tell me what the fucking computer costs. Send me a bill. I'm not going to fucking call Apple. 
I'm just going to send you what you tell me. You want 40,000 here? Take it. So for years, I was sending the child support guys, right? So one day, I get this fucking bill for like a, a six-month child support. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? So I had to come up with another. I booked a Taco Bell commercial. That's in, I protected myself in 99. I took the money. I flew to Boulder. I took her to court. My friend said, dog, make sure you get your child support shit covered. And I'm like, nah, I've known her since we were kids. Do you know she was stealing my child support and not reporting it? Wow. So I get a bill one day for like sixteen, seventeen thousand, And thank God my wife is not a fucking moron. She's like, where'd you buy the money orders at? And I'm like, I bought the money orders on Whittier, on Whitley, Whitley. She called over there and she got all the receipts from me. Wow. So we had to prove it to the fucking court. So I've already caught a thief in. I've gone through the whole spectrum with them. This woman sounds like trouble. And you know what? You know what's the crazy thing is, bro? She comes from a nice Catholic family. Three sisters, three brothers. The father and the mother own a traveler's insurance company. They, they were everything I wanted growing up. Like when I met her family, I'm like, how fucking lucky. You know, I came from a Cuban house where dinner was at seven and people were yelling and my mother smoked cigarettes. These people were like the fucking Brady Bunch. And you know what? All today, all six of those motherfuckers are uh, demented little white fucks. Wow. You know, it just goes to show you, you know, and I always had that insecurity being Cuban and coming from another country that Americans, a lot of people, they really got it together, you know, and these people were all vultures. I remember about six months after we got separated, she called me. She goes, I'm going away with my boyfriend and my parents are going to drop the kid off or pick the kid up. And me and the father were tight. The father was lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. And he was a man's man. Like, he didn't even pick the fucking kids up in uniform. Like, that's the fucking, where the cut of fucking gray. He's from Buffalo. Right. Like, all of them, till this day, are like, we go to therapy because he never picked us up in uniform. Fuck you. I'm in a fucking uniform, you know. I mean, this motherfucker was one of those guys. He was CIA, the whole thing. And I remember one day he came to me, and he was crying. And he goes, I'm really sorry about what happened, and I don't, wanna, I don't want nothing to do with what's going on. Whatever happens here, that's between you motherfuckers. Because we were still married, and she was living with the guy, which under Catholic rules is like fucking. So oh, the yeah, father so was furious. You follow wow. me? Yeah. Uh, and that's what really gets me, that they came from a house that they never needed for anything. They went to church. They all grew up like decent people here. I grew up fucking lighting wigs on, hookers wigs on fire and mugging fags on Boulevard East and fucking, at least I got character and balls not looking in the fucking eye, you know? So uh, that's the, it was, you know, for years I was like, someday I'm going to make it. And I'm going to go on Jay Leno and talk about this because this is the other part of life that you never hear about. You yeah. never hear about, you always hear about deadbeat fucking dads. Well, so let me tell you something. I can't be a deadbeat dad. And she made me that. Like, she wanted me to be that. That's what she wanted. They right. wanted that. Yeah. So I would be out of her life. Yeah. I just, something about me, I'm like, you know what? Even if she don't talk to me. I want to show her that I had character. I paid my child support. I sent money when I was supposed to. I sent the Christmas cards. I did everything I could. You know, I had a friend that, uh, at the halfway house that said that I seen him afterward. He goes, always buy two things of whatever you buy her and take a picture of it. So, because they're not going to get their stuff. And someday when you do reunite with her, she could see all the stuff you bought for her that she didn't get. Oh, wow. I even started doing that stuff, guys. Wow. I really wow. put a lot of effort into this for my... She was the only blood I had in this country. Yeah. All the rest of my family was in Cuba. Yeah. So it was very special for me to do this. And I tell you, I let it go, like, in uh, 2005, and I think it was part of me stopping getting high. 
Yeah. Like that, that pain I had from that whole experience. And I tell people all the time, like I've suffered my mother's death, my father's death, friend's death. A fucking divorce is a horrible situation when you don't love the bitch. I didn't love the bitch, but I loved my baby. I yeah. loved the family aspect of it. I, I was in for the dream of it. I just was. And you know what, Al? You ever fucking drive around? You, ever, you go on a plane, Al. You go on a fucking plane, Maz. You ever get on a plane and you see a fucking fat wife? And the husband's carrying the fucking kids, and she's back there licking her fingers, eating some fucking Cinnabon thing on a plane. And you could tell they've been together since college. Well, let me tell you what fucking happened there, okay? Because you grow to high school, you come out of high school, what are you, 18? Yeah. You, you have to decide your future at fucking 18. Yeah. So now you go to school and you pick whatever degree you want to. And by the time you're in your third semester, you meet some fucking chicken at a sorority. Because you think society wants all these things for you at that age. Yeah. You ever see somebody in their 30 and you can see the pain in their fucking face? Yeah. The yeah. wife is fat. She ain't a piece of pussy no more. You know what I'm saying? She yeah. don't need it. She's a fat fuck now. They're on a plane. You can see the pain in that man. You ever go to a farmer's market on a Sunday and see most guys walking. They got that pain on their face even though they have a family. Yeah. Be they don't even talk. They, don't, they no. just say the wife is just you barking orders. Go That's get this it. Guy. Because they bought the society's dream. Look at her. Yeah. It's not really a dream for a lot of people. Yeah. And it wasn't a dream for me after that. After that, it was like, you know what? I'll get married, but I'm not having a kid. That's, That's why. Let's take, a, let's take, take another a break, break and then we'll talk about the new baby. Yeah. yeah. Guys, thanks for all the support. Make sure to go to Facebook and go to our page under Minivan Men and like us there. You can also find that page by going to our website, minivanmen.com, and clicking on the Facebook link. See you on Facebook. All right, you know what? Uh, Joe... Uh, Diaz's stories are amazing and there's a lot going on here. We want to hear more from Joey. So what we're going to do is we're going to cut it here and we're going to come back next week and find out uh, more about what's going on with Joey and the new baby. So please follow us again next week to find out what's going on with Joey Coco Diaz. All right, folks, thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch or find out more, you can go to minivanmen.com or contact us through our websites. There's thechrisspencer.com, mazjobrani.com, and almadrigal.com. We hope to hear from you. Thanks. Thanks.